0: Welcome to our bonus podcast. Um, we are going to do a second series or a second uh, podcast in our series on dating, and this time we have a few guests with us. So instead of just Thalia and I, mm-hmm. Thalia is here. Do you want to say hello? Hello. Hello, we have Vic. Hi. Vic is our pastor of care here at Northview, and Kyle. Hello. Kyle is our young adult pastor at Northview. No. Oh, sorry. Our youth <laughs> pastor at Northview. I'm <laughs> to okay, take my job. <laughs> People
1: already confuse us for each other. Which I think is a great compliment because Andy has bigger well. biceps than I do, which yeah. is good.
2: And Kyle's got a bigger
3: head than I do. So. <laughs>
2: Brain, I mean.
4: Well, I can understand. <laughs> so actually, now we have the,
3: we're the trio together. We were going to be for men's ministry, but now we are the trio it's, of all guys here. That's true. Yeah, sharing our wisdom. But it's sad. Crystal
0: up, really. P- and I get mistaken for each other all the time. Yeah. if mm-hmm. pe- really? People had us uh-huh. stand side by side and kind of look to see what's different. <laughs> well, it makes me feel better. <laughs> yeah.
2: Glasses, no glasses. Blonde, not oh, blonde. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> and they're
4: always like, Crystal? I'm like, no, I'm Thalia. Well, who's Crystal? And then they'll go to her and say, are you Thalia? No, Crystal.
0: <laughs> this church is so big. <laughs> okay, and then we have Andy, who, whose voice you've already heard. Yeah, great to be with you. Andy, our young adults pastor. We are going to talk, like I said, about dating uh, what we wanted to do is kind of interview each of these gentlemen, and each at our piece as well, mm-hmm. Thalia and I, um, but because each of them represent kind of a different age group and a demographic within the church, we thought we'd hear what the issues are that are particularly facing their, uh, the people that they're serving, and we'll all chime in uh, as different solutions that we think of or different mm-hmm. issues that we are aware of. As pastors, we often have people come to us wanting advice, so we thought this would be a good way to kind of get some ideas out there. Mm. And uh, Andy's also going to interview some of us uh, at the Young Adults on Friday. Yes. Dalia and myself and Andy Mm -hmm. are going to be interviewed by John Rendell. So we'll have some more dating advice out there. Join us this Friday, 7.30,
2: (laughs) Mm -hmm. for young adults, 17 to 30. Is that a special day? (laughs) Get that in there.
4: That's a special day, too, isn't
1: it? Or no? Well, it's close to Valentine's Day. It's the day before. Yeah, it's the day before.
4: Friday Uh, the 13th, but you know. Oh. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: They should make a movie about that. (laughs) 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 Well, you know, Kyle.
0: (laughs) So we'll start off with Kyle. Yes. Since you represent the youngest age group. Yeah. What would you say are some of the things that come up uh, in the kids that you're ministering to with families? What questions do you get?
1: Yeah. As far as just an overall kind of perspective, that dating is, um, it's a a good thing. It's an important thing to be thinking about and talking about. And talking about is key in that dynamic. Uh, But it's not the only thing. Uh, Sometimes uh, it becomes so, our, our hearts are so drawn into relationships and so drawn into things that it can feel like it's the only thing and you know I've I've been there and it's it's one of those this is so real it's so there it's so palpable and I can feel it in my my heart my chest Um, it is an important thing it's a greatly important thing uh, but it's not the only thing so Mm -hmm. to have a a bigger perspective of who God is and who I am at this stage of life is really helpful to help navigate through some of these questions yeah, so some one of the things is is social media is obviously uh, a huge thing that wasn't around when I think all of us were <laughs> yeah. teenagers, so it's a, a new dynamic. I remember yeah.
2: when there was no internet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No internet. I'm that old.
4: Yeah. No cell phones. All of us are that old.
0: Yeah, it's, nope. yeah,
2: it's a little disturbing. <laughs> I, like, seriously. I think Vic had a coupe of carrier
1: pitches. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he a I had a like black and white pitches. TV growing up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that just the, it, it's just a different way that we interact, and that yeah. can be both good and bad. I mean, interaction communication is good. God has created us to communicate. We're made in his image. God, Father, Son, and Spirit are eternally communicating. And so interaction is a really good thing, um, and we can do it well. Sometimes we do, but often we don't. So, but the social media adds a different twist to it because it distances the person from the other person they're communicating with. So mm-hmm. uh, it can be harder to actually have deeper conversations because you don't see the facial expressions, you don't mm-hmm. get a chance. I mean, texting can lightning back and forth, uh, yeah. but without that face-to-face communication, it can make things a little bit less clear. Um, so it, it can be a good thing. It, it can, it's very helpful. Technology can be great, uh, but also has some some warning things along with it.
2: Yeah, it's kind of interesting, isn't it? Like, our media, first of all, we got movies, TV shows that are constantly pumping dating, and you need to be dating, and you're missing out because you're not dating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and then particularly the over-sexualized dating, um, and then different messages about you know the purpose of dating. Yeah. You know, for I mean, for our it's culture, very confusing. I think. Oh yeah, and yeah. mm-hmm. our culture today, it's really it's a test drive culture. Yeah. You know, d- dating's about test driving to see whether or not this is a good fit for you, mm-hmm. in all you know, those ways of test driving be personality, but obviously sexual is really pushed in our culture.
1: Yeah, yeah. so students are going through that, those teenage years, and there's all the the hormonal, biological, Mm -hmm. social changes that are going on in that dynamic, all the cultural um, uh, things impacting them. They're trying to figure out their identity in the midst of that, Uh, and in the midst of that, we as a church want to encourage them that, you know, we as people, Our core identity needs to be in Christ. And when that's Mm -hmm. in place, that doesn't solve every question or immediately fix every problem, but it does put us on a certain trajectory of what's really important. And our identity in Christ, uh, if that can be established as the most important thing, then from that we can navigate a lot of the questions, I think, a lot more healthfully. (laughs) So what kind of resources
0: Mm -hmm. have you had for the kids to work through these kind of things? Have you had stuff in youth?
1: Yeah, so um, last couple years we've done in February a a citywide gathering. We've talked about relationships Mm -hmm. um, in kind of a big group setting.
0: uh,
1: And also um, some of the older grades, we have this Welcome to College book uh, that that isn't – It addresses lots of different questions about the transition from high school to college, but also life after college, or excuse me, life after high school, even if you don't go to to college. Mm -hmm. And within that, there's the the social questions and the interpersonal questions, and there's some dating, um, you know, gender identity chapters in there that really uh, have students think through, okay, what does it mean to be a young man who who follows God as a 17-year-old? What does it mean to be a young woman who follows God as a a 16-year-old? So... um, yeah, trying to put the bigger perspective continually in front of students to allow them to see that it is a good thing. It's an important thing. God mm-hmm. made us to relate to one another, and um, you know, he made Adam and Eve, and that was a beautiful thing. Uh, but it's not the only thing that we have to, to think about or to, um, to grow in, in our discipleship.
0: What's been mm-hmm. fun watching my kids go through youth is they start in that grade nine. Well, they've done it before, like in junior high, but grade nine, they start with these mixed pastorates and the girls and the guys aren't really at the same plane at all. Right. But as they get older to grade 11 and 12 groups, all of a sudden you have these friendships starting and they're really healthy like cause it's the cross gender friendships mm-hmm. that are in a group setting, mm-hmm. you know, where they're relating to each other. They're going out after church together, but in a big group, they're learning how to make those interactions as they kind of get on the same maturity level mm-hmm. as they get older, and it's neat to have that safe place for them to do that—to kind of learn how to interact with people from the other gender in a face-to-face, not a texting. As yeah. we were talking about earlier, mm. texting can—you can get the wrong impression, like you were saying, not knowing face-to-face. It also can allow you to get to deeper levels of intimacy than you would be—you would in person, because you're—you yeah. would be scared to say something to someone to their face, but you'll text it, right. and then all of a sudden you're in this weird, awkward spot of having this deep, intimate relationship via electronics, but not being able to look them in the eye and talk to them. Mm. And so it creates this mm-hmm. weird dynamic. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah, you we used know. to have to just write on a note, do you like me? Do <laughs> <Yeah. Are> you, <laughs> you, you <laughs> might, you know, <laughs> yeah. yes, check yes or no, and then yeah. have a friend, give it to a friend, give it to a friend, and then if we return it to a She likes me, she likes me not. Yeah, you know, okay. that,
2: uh, my first day of college... <laughs> That that's what I had. That I had a little note, man. It didn't take me long in Bible college. I was like, wow, this is effective. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. gave? No, no, I received. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do, wow, do hey. you like me? Like, Did I, you know who it was? Yeah, yeah. She oh. was like, wrote her name on there. You, you flirted with me. Just want to know, do you like me? I'm <laughs> like, <Okay>, wow. <laughs> so, you didn't, you
1: didn't make your intentions known at the beginning of that relationship when you were flirting right. with When there? we were playing at Uno. <laughs> didn't realize that was a draw uh, well, flirting. <laughs> Intent. Let's well, so you. Going back, let me
3: go back even a little bit yeah. further. I was thinking about something this morning. I um, was helping my, my daughter, my wife's away, and she usually helps my daughter. So, she just had her third child. And so, I was there just helping her get the kids out of bed. and. So And so I said, you know, one of the things I'm doing today is going to be talking about dating in one of the podcasts. And uh, I says, I don't even know if I have anything to really say about that. I'm so far removed from that in terms of even you guys as kids, because my daughter is now, I believe, their third child. I won't say her age, otherwise she might not like that. (laughs) So, but she says, oh, Dad, she says, you know. It's amazing the role that you do play. And so this Mm -hmm. is my encouragement to parents. She said, you know, Dad, I still remember seven years old, standing in front of a mirror. I just got my ears pierced. And, and I don't do everything right, you guys. I did one thing right, okay? So this is, uh, um, well, I, just got my, I just got my ears pierced, right? And I said, Dad, don't I look beautiful? And I said, Nicole, you look beautiful with or without your ears pierced. And she said, that made a statement mm. to me in mm. terms of my mm. identity with you and confidence in you. And she says, that gave me, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know, a, a sense of confidence growing up that, hey, my dad loves me, that I am a likable girl, that I, you know, have worth, mm-hmm. value, all those kind of things. So... Us parents, just those comments, those things that we say and do and stuff can have yeah. big dividends in their life mm-hmm. later on. Yeah. So, you know. so what
0: would you say, Andy, young adults, what would be different or something to add to what Kyle said um, as people move out of the teenage years into the young adult years?
2: Well, first I'd say that Dr. Meeker, uh, <laughs> <laughs> as, as I like to refer to him, uh, I absolutely agree with what he was saying. The The thing that's been fascinating that... that I've seen over the years, I've been in ministry with youth and young adults for over 12 years, is that there's been, um, and then longer than that if you take into, you know, being a volunteer and whatnot. But I've seen a transition take place where when I first started working with teens, they were they were much more intimate, actually, with one another. In public. In public, and yeah. and we had always have these little, like rules, you know, like leave room for the Holy Spirit <laughs> kind of thing, like when they're sitting so close to each other, or putting, a, is there enough room for a Bible in between you and, and that kind of stuff. And I don't study s- Bible. Yeah, yeah, I know, then we want to study <laughs> yes, Bible. Yeah. But I, I like, I don't see that anymore. Uh, I see very I still you still see it but not nearly as not much
0: much hand holding public affection
2: yes and with young adults I see very little hand holding in some ways I like it cuz you know public displays of affection makes me a little nauseous but <laughs> but in the sen- but in another sense I I'm a little concerned mm-hmm. by the lack of public affection and I think it actually says something to our about our culture uh in particular for example this this might surprise some people that when we talk with young adults that come out uh, to the stuff we're doing, and we do this on a regular basis, we all just chat with them, especially new people. And the thing that I hear repeatedly, almost from every single one of them, is a deep, deep fear uh, to coming and to being a part of any group meetings uh, or or meeting new people, new places. Uh, I, I can't say that I know what is causing it. All I... The only thing that I can put my finger on is that social media seems to be a big player and their inability to be able to interact with one another.
0: So fear of rejection, of being <clears> rejected I, by the people there or Well, I don't
2: I you know, honestly I I, I don't I don't know. Hmm. If I were to put my finger on it, I'd probably put maybe a bigger umbrella over uh, this just idea of social media has kind of tainted our ability to be able to have to to be able to know how to have a relationship and be able to interact in a crowd. Hmm. Uh, So like I said, that'd be a great research project for Mm -hmm. somebody. Uh, I haven't Mm -hmm. quite figured that one out, but interestingly enough, then that whole intimacy aspect then is still there with the youth and young adults. But what they've done is they've taken it and like their social media, you know, like their Snapchats or whatever, it's all, below the surface it's all hidden Uh Hmm. so Mm -hmm. they'll have their booty calls or whatever where they'll text somebody and meet up and and have you know some erotic you know encounter but
1: they're not going to do it in public right how do pirates get involved in this (laughs) i know right
4: (laughs) uh I don't know. Would you agree, though, Kyle? Like, it's still there. It's Kyle's just... confused by your term. Yeah, <laughs> he's picturing chests of gold.
0: And... It's
2: still there. It's just it's much much more hidden uh, than than we've seen it in the past. Uh, so, and and a lot of research has been showing that, that that's a, a trend that's been taking place. Now, one other thing, though, that's been interesting as well that we've been seeing is young adults are waiting till later in life to get married. Yeah. Like, we're talking, I think what the, it's like 25 to 27 seems mm-hmm. to be the medium of when people are getting married. And so that that's having unique effects as mm-hmm. well. Um, I also think that pornography and the pervasiveness of that in our culture yeah. has yeah. been having huge effects. I mean, even yeah. GQ just put an article out this month, uh, what was it, five or seven reasons that they gave why men shouldn't be watching porn? Hmm. And I'm like, man, if... Wow. if Secular culture is, start, is, yeah, is starting to say that, you know it's bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm, A- and mm-hmm. so I think that these, all these things, social media, porn, blah, 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 are, they're having you know, effects on our young people. Now, not to belabor this, but if anybody's intrigued to know more about this, we can look at other cultures to see how they're farther advanced in this than we are. And Japan is, right now is kind of the poster child for where this is all heading. And right now they as a country are are experiencing this on just an epic scale mm-hmm. where where young adults are not marrying they're they're not really wanting to have anything to do with one another. And I think in many ways we never really thought that it was gonna go that way yeah you know you you really think it'd be more this debauchery thing yeah but in many aspects it's been going at least in Japan and we've seen in other places it's going the exact opposite mm-hmm. where it's like I'll satisfy myself. I'll yeah. I'll deal with my own needs, and I can I can get yeah, and I'll, live, get, by myself yeah, and I'll live by myself, life. and I can yeah. get what I need on pornography and masturbation, and I'll yeah. and, and I'll be on my on my way, and I don't have to deal with all the difficulty of yeah. relationships, relationships and the expense mm-hmm. of yeah. relationships, and being
0: called my own selfishness and all those things. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. really, what it
2: is, it's just a heightened form of narcissism where the, if you, where you're just in love <laughs> with yourself, and uh, and you're committed to it completely. Wow.
1: Peter says in First Peter two, he says, "Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles. So, you know, we are people who don't really belong to this world in the sense yeah. that we are waiting for Christ to come back and renew the world. So, the world's already broken." He says, "Abstain from the passions of the flesh." Yeah. He says, "Which wage war against your soul." Yeah. So it's like mm. this, this mm-hmm. these these sins that we think are just oh it's it's fun it's you know not going to hurt me, you know Peter brings us back to the reality that sin is actually, one of the things it does is it, 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 it affects our own soul. Yeah. So it affects the way we can, or we should be able to relate to people naturally in public when we are continually bludgeoning our soul with images and anything else. It, it shows itself up. Yeah. yeah, and one of the ways it shows up in
2: secular culture is, so it's an effect in Christianity, but in secular culture, we're seeing the... Um, objectification of women like we've never seen before where rape is epidemic here in the west Uh, in fact that cnn this year as universities went into session had a big you know uh, expose on it where they were talking about the vast number of women that head off to college that will be uh, sexually assaulted Mm -hmm. Uh, really this idea that women are being seen as an object and you're, you're seeing these things play out, right? So the the soul has been tainted. Mm -hmm. And it's Mm -hmm. the way then that we see one another is being tainted. Hmm.
4: I think in our Christian young people groups, we also see like a fear of making a mistake because they really want to honor God Mm -hmm. and they really want to honor marriage. But that's a terrifying thought of, well, who then do I marry? So a lot of them aren't even choosing to date or choosing to get serious about dating because they don't want to mess up and make a mistake and become divorced down the road like many of they see their parents have yeah, done. That was me. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, I grew up in a broken family. So I'd say the two scariest things I've ever done in my life were uh, getting married and having children. Mm. Yeah. And I was terrified to do both.
4: Because
2: you know? yeah. I, really, I felt like I'd make the same mistakes that my father made.
4: Yeah, and so we need to yeah. continually tell our young people too that it's totally okay to date. But And dating doesn't mean marriage instantly. Uh, but if, on the other hand, if you start to play with someone's heart and you realize you can't, you're not going to ever get married to them, then you probably should break up.
2: Yeah. yeah. This is one of the things people often ask me, you know, at what age should you date? And my question to them is, well, what age should you get married? Hmm. Because ultimately you date to get married. And that's, that's the focus you have to have from day one. Uh, is this somebody I could marry? And as soon as you determine that it is, marry them. And as soon as you determine that it's not, uh, break up with them. And so it, it's one of the reasons why I think that we should have – this is Andy's advice here. Um, <laughs> but when you're going to get engaged, a year-long engagement is just dumb. Yeah. Just you do know, it quickly yeah. once you decided? get it done. You know, the sooner the better. Because once you know, you know, and there's no need to make the heart burn – for the other
4: person, unnecessarily. But leave room for some pre-marriage counseling, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> even correct. like a month yeah. or two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't be calling us two weeks before we get married because yeah. we need to. We need to walk through those classes so that you can decide: should I really get married? Absolutely, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Have some objective yeah. people speaking yeah. to your life. Yes, yeah. and okay. and
2: some just yeah. godly counsel. Yeah. I mean, because here for myself, for example, I never saw a healthy marriage model to me. Right. So it's good to come we want to come alongside you and, and and share with you some some things we've learned along the way yeah and that and I have found that to be so helpful
3: and, and enjoy doing that with
2: young adults yeah mm
3: yeah, and I think of the, you know, marriage assessment and some of those things that they fill out for pre-marriage or the pre-marriage assessment I should say, it's not so much that we're doing this to determine mm-hmm. whether or not you fit together as a couple and you're going to make it. It's it's to highlight the issues that potentially can come up in your life mm-hmm. and deal with them prior to so that they don't so you know, have surprise, to be those isn't. huge things later yeah. on, right? yeah. yeah amazing how many times they come in and you come in with that assessment and they're looking did we pass or not you're gonna tell us not to get married right. yourself <laughs> I thought
1: if you married the right one then it was smooth sailing from yeah, there on perfect. oh right <laughs> so that's no? assuming
4: you believe there is a one yeah is there one is, that
1: right? <laughs> is there that perfect puzzle piece
3: that soul mate that you meet Huh. that's a good question well I keep telling Nancy that I'm that guy <laughs> She's <not> so sure. <laughs>
4: Put the ring on, then that's the one. Exactly. Before no, the ring, there could yeah. be a few.
2: Jeff and I talk about this a lot. Like, absolutely, the idea of there being the true love, the one, is just nonsense. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Well, in the sense that you're never going to have any issues. Well, that yeah. in the yes. sense that um, I think
2: that there's I listen. I think there's pl- plenty of ladies out there that I could easily be married to. Mm-hmm.
4: But uh, once you put that ring on, then that woman, that, that, or that, that changes. Woman. And yeah, and that person yeah. is yeah. your yeah. type. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the one. Exactly. But the, a lot of... See, yeah. the
2: danger is, is people will think there's this perfect person out there for me. Yeah. And then they get married and they think that that's the one. And then all of a sudden they realize they don't like this person sometimes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And they're not as great as they thought they were. <laughs> yeah. And they start to go, hmm, did I marry the one?
4: Did I make a mistake? Yes. yes. Should yeah, I have that's... looked for somebody but you, else? But
3: if you think about it, I mean... Who, who doesn't start off with that list of, you know, criteria? This is what I want in my spouse, right? Yeah. I mean, I think girls do it more than us guys do. We're just more looking at, hey, she's hot. That's where it starts, though. <laughs> but they have that list. But ultimately, there's going to be some compromises there. Okay, so I want these 20 things. But, okay, this, he's not quite that, not quite that. But, I mean, these are some of my uncompromisable items here. So already we're showing that, you know, the perfect person is not going to be the one I may marry. And then walking into a relationship, I think we do ourselves a disservice many times when we we give the impression that a marriage walking into a marriage and that wedding day is this beautiful day of bliss that you know helps them begin and launch into that beautiful relationship when yeah. reality you've got you know, a sinner of a girl, a sinner of a guy that demonstrate that by their selfishness and the way it's going to be portrayed and characterized in their relationship. And you're setting them up for this life of beauty and health and wholeness when you've got sin and selfish people mm-hmm. and they're young and they're immature and it's just going to be beautiful, right?
1: No, it's going to
3: be
0: work it's going to be effort
3: and it's yeah that soulmate idea I think vanishes quite quickly
0: (laughs) I love it when I talk to women who are in their 70s or 80s and they talk about some marriage thing they're working through and I'm like oh good it's just so encouraging to know there are some later on that don't have it all figured out like me but But I think the more real we can be about our own issues and struggles the more it can help people to say Mm -hmm. oh yeah this is something we need to work through and get better at and it's a skill a relational Mm -hmm. skill like anything else Um, we really do is, got
2: like this fairy tale culture yeah. when people watch these romantic movies and they just see that, oh, like, you know, it's the everything's awesome experience, right? And that this is what I'm supposed to be experiencing. And if I'm not experiencing that, then I must have
1: chosen unwisely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can I defend a fairy tale, though? <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, so you're going to okay. your relationship? Okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. Uh, <laughs> my daughter loves disney movies and cinderella she watched i don't know how many umpteen times over the christmas holidays and (laughs) you know they live happily ever after. and i'm watching this and watching her just totally drawn into that story and so she'll wear these dresses and she has like slippers she calls Uh her little glass slippers and and um and that won't be realized now we need to make that really really clear Hmm. but it it's in us, and it will be realized that one day, when day Jesus comes back, we are His mm. bride. And be, if we have our identity in being the bride of Christ, and He being the true husband, the true King, then it, again, it puts the other questions in a little bit of a different perspective, having the mm. bigger story in mind. So I think that the the fairy tale ending that we all kind of like and tear up for. Do you ever Brave, tear up for in a movie? <laughs> You know what? There's been a couple of <laughs> dog movies that were pretty nice. Yeah. <laughs> that got your See, we, we Lassie, Lassie still grabbed Lassie, harder. I know, right? Lassie will get you, buddy. <laughs> yeah, so I, th- I think we have eternity written in our hearts, it says in Ecclesiastes, and we know that this story, or we want mm-hmm. this story to be true. And there's, there, it is true, but it's not true yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it won't be true with mm-hmm. simply being married on a human level. It yeah. only is true
4: when we're but married to Christ. expect it and now to, to get in trouble. A lot of young people think that they will, all their problems will be solved once they get married. So if they have a problem yep. with pornography, it's going to be solved once I get married and have mm. lots of sex. Yep. Or, you know, we're going to do this when we get married and I'm going to have my soulmate and we're going to be best friends. And now I always have somebody with me. And we'll that never, <laughs> <laughs> never be lonely I'll never be lonely
2: That was me. I thought, you know, marriage is going to satisfy every, you know, lustful craving I've ever had. Right. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. this is going to be it. Yeah. I've been working towards this day, you know, and, you know, I, I'm saved. But <laughs> and you, then all of a sudden, yeah, like you realize, no, 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 like. I still struggle, yeah. you know, with everything that you struggle for. It's not like it all of a sudden satisfies every desire that you had.
4: No. Yeah, and I tell that to the women I work with that marriage is actually limited too because God's design for sexuality is fairly limited. One man, one woman in marriage. So there's no flirting with other people. There's no fantasizing about other people. There's none of mm-hmm. that. It's like, oh, that all stops when you get married.
0: That's, that's kind of a wake-up call for a lot of people. So what do you find, Vic, with people that are getting married again, maybe that are older singles, uh, that have been married and divorced or married and lost a spouse? What kind of issues or okay. questions do
3: uh, they have? I uh, wrote down uh, a statement that I had read, that it's essential to get comfortable in your singleness before you start new relationships. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, that's so critical in that um, if I'm looking for my identity in someone else, mm-hmm. And because I've lost someone or I'm desperately looking for this person that is going to complete me, so to speak, I'm going to be disappointed, right? My relationship vertically needs to be the strong. One. My relationship with Christ needs to be my identity so that I, in health, can look horizontally to yeah. relationship. Yeah. Because, well, reality is most of us, you know we're man pleasers right we do things so that people will like us or so that we'll get individuals to like us and when we do that and i know i mentioned a little bit on men's ministry uh, a talk the other day um, but that when i when i look for um, that satisfaction or completion uh, horizontally and i want that person to like me then i find myself i can't be real with that person Mm, because if i start to show my vulnerabilities and my flaws then they're not going to like me as much so then my relationships have been to be more fearful or i'm fearful about what i say or what i do because that depends on their response back to me and i might ruin it right but if my identity is found in christ which is vertically then he invites me to share my insecurities my issues my challenges and then they're is freedom that comes with that. And then because I have a strength in that relationship, then I can begin looking out and looking out in a healthier manner than what, what I might, right? Uh, let me see. Uh, what else did I kind of jot down? Uh, yeah, my satisfaction in finding that, uh, that in God. I think one of the things, too, um, especially if we're talking about relationships that have been severed or marriage or divorce through loss is um, learning from our past as well uh, there's always the danger again of finding myself with another person is that I ignore what has what I have gone through the experience that I've uh, that have brought me to this point where, whether it is death whether it is uh, a divorce mm-hmm. and we need to learn from those situations what part did I play in this? What can I grow from this? What is the Lord teaching me through this? How can um, the things that I do and the choices that I make be reflections of God values as opposed to what may, I may have done in the past? And so I know Divorce Care, one of the courses that we have yeah. here, um, even has a specific time. You know, So if you've been married so long, then you need to wait this much time and whatever. I don't know if I necessarily feel that there has to be a specific length of time, but, Andy, you said probably shorter. In this case, I'm going to say a lot longer because I do need to understand what I've gone through. Heal from that and, you know, again, grow in my relationship with Christ. Find my identity there so that I am not looking, and we hear so often how people that have come from bad relationships often get into yeah. those similar bad relationships again because they've not learned from the past and not you know identified some of the mistakes that they've made. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really a, a, an important thing to do as well. Um, maybe another challenge, and I hear this quite often, and when I talked with some single people before is the the temptation sexually for a couple uh, or sorry for a person who has been in a relationship and then now they're in this new world this world where sex was such a part of who they were in the past and now that's no longer there that's right because they've been married before and now all of a sudden That's the only way I know how to fit, you know, my relationship together. It's, you know, certain components, and one of them is is, is being sexually active. So how do I fit that in? Do I, you know, justify it because that's just the norm now? Do I, um, yeah, just make allowances? I've been through so much, so, you know, I kind of need this. What do you mean by
2: justify or need this?
3: Uh, justified uh, because of my... Like having because sexual of, relations with other people? Yeah. yeah. So people yeah, yeah. Say, think they can Okay, I wasn't yeah. sure what you're... Yeah.
0: yeah.
3: And, um, and I think the reasons that we, we recognize, first of all, biblically we know that that is not right. Secondly... I think we always want to uh, realize that if we start or put the component of sex into a relationship, right away it clouds a relationship, then we're not being, really being able to have a true vision of who I am sitting across the table from and, and getting to know them, getting to understand them, getting to learn them, uh, learn about them, all of those kind of things that are, which we would expect in any dating relationship to be, you know, the natural stuff. I know I always told my kids that it was, you know, if there was 10 steps that we would take from, um, the beginning of a relationship to the time we got married, which, and then that would be the first time having sex, that there's these little increments of steps that we take. So, you know, whether hand-holding and doing this and going for a walk, da-da-da-da, until you finally get to, to marriage and then sex, that we've just jumped over the whole aspect of what dating was from you know, seeing each other and then that evening being in bed together, we've missed that whole opportunity mm-hmm. of developing a true understanding of what our, our relationship or who that other person is, right? You've also made it difficult,
2: more difficult to to say no if this person, you start realizing, no, this isn't somebody I'd be mm-hmm. married to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now all of a sudden you feel emotionally responsible or tied to this person.
3: Yeah. And it's even more difficult now to yeah. break mm-hmm. that relationship yeah. off. And then I think there's the whole modeling aspect as well, Right. If I'm a believer in Christ and I, you know, am in a divorced state, uh, um, lost a spouse or whatever, I want to continue to model Christ for those that are around me. And if there's children in the picture, yeah, yeah. how am I modeling Christ in my sexual identity as a single person, right? Uh, do I allow my passions to be the determinator of that mm-hmm. or the obedience to God's word?
0: Mm-hmm. So, yeah. We're going to wrap up the discussion pretty quickly. Um, A couple things just in terms of facts that we've been surprised at. Thalia was surprised at the last pre-marriage course to find out that eight of the 24 couples had met online. So that's definitely a new thing or, Mm -hmm. you know, new in the last 15, 20 years uh, that people are going to have to navigate through. Um, And there is just a situation within the church of figuring out how to manage kind of single older people within the church how does that i know there's different people that have had uh ideas for how that should be managed well when do you kick people out of young adults andy what's your what's your policy yeah
2: we uh we kick young adults out, and it periodically takes place when they're when they turn 30. We ask them to go and you buy a birthday cake, put a three zero on it, and say, "Here you go, see you later." No, actually, we kick them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Physically do it. Yeah, it's more physical. Uh, but yeah, we we encourage them to get involved in the life of the church, and because uh, really, this you know, really the young adult ministry is just it's it's geared towards. Um, helping equip young adults in the f- uh, phase of life that they're in and as they transition into the life of the church. And so I think you turn, when you turn—and th- and that happens at, in that spectrum. I mean, like, when young adults get married at 22 years of age, they're off. They, they don't want to be involved in the young adults' ministry mm-hmm. anymore. They want to get involved in the life of the church. Mm-hmm. And so that, that should be our desire. Uh, and some people just need a little more encouraging mm-hmm. than others. And I would encourage those singles that are in our church. You know, there's lots of opportunities that you can get uh, involved, like getting into, involved in a pastorate, um, and and there's lots of ways that you can meet other young. I mean, sorry, other singles or other people, uh, whether that be in a pastorate or in different uh, events that we have happening <laughs> at Northview. And I think of one. Uh, The Apologetics Canada Conference is coming up. You (laughs) see how you see how I did that. (laughs) Everybody's with me. That's good. Uh, But yeah, honestly, uh, that's on March sixth and seventh, and we'd love to see you out for that. But it's
4: true because dedicated Christians who go there who want to learn about apologetics will meet others who are interested in it. You never know what can happen.
2: You've got an eight percent chance of having your first breakout session. (laughs) (laughs) No, Andy, he can marry you later. (laughs) Uh, but Or, you know, we've seen this quite a bit, too, where people just meet good friends, yeah. Yeah. you know, and, and we've seen a lot of friendships develop uh, over like the, the, they find that they have like minded yeah. uh, interests. Mm-hmm.
0: I love like in our women's ministry specifically, it's easy for women to come, whether they're single, married or whatever. I love the interaction that happens. You know, between single people and between married people and the learning from each other and the, yeah. the empathy that they have, they develop with each other over different life experiences. And that mm-hmm. wouldn't happen if you always stayed in your single groups and you always stayed in mm-hmm. your married groups. Like I <clears> think <throat> yep. yeah. the more we can integrate all kinds of demographics together, in adult demographics, the more mm-hmm. we learn from each other and, mm-hmm. and have a broader perspective on what life should be like, what Christian life should be like. Yeah. And we have,
3: like, yeah, <clears throat> married or single, we have what god has given us to contribute to the body right and so for me to feel that i can't contribute unless i am in a married state or have a partner or whatever it is um it's so numbing in some sense i think that i mean even what you talked about andy about people come to your conference i think of a number of young girls that we have in our congregation that are going out on missions or being involved in in other um, non-profit organizations that are are going out uh, to do God's work, not waiting around. Okay, so hopefully Sam is going to snatch me up. But right. they see, no, you know, God has a purpose. God's gifted me. So I'm going to go and do that. And what a better place to meet the person that has a like-minded passion than out in the mission field or mm. out serving in some of those areas. So yeah. don't sit in a limbo. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and singleness isn't a bad thing either. Mm-hmm.
2: That's no. right. right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that it's okay to be single.
0: Yeah. On that note, Vic, would you pray for our listeners as we wrap sure. up? That'd be great,
3: thanks. Father, we've been talking about a lot of different things and about how relationships work, and you have crafted the ultimate relationship with us. Um, We would not be anyone that would be, um, in your eyes, that should be in any manner an attractive being because of who we are and what we've done to you and the way that we've continued our lives. But you have reached out to us and loved us and embraced us and created and crafted a beautiful relationship Mm -hmm. that we can have with you. So, Lord, I pray that as us around the table and those that are listening to this, uh, this time of us natter back and forth, um, Lord, I, I pray that that ultimate truth of who you are and the relationship that you want to have with us, Lord, becomes the the central point of all of our lives so that from therein, Lord, we can reach out to others. We begin to look at members of the opposite sex, of those that have um, potential for us in terms of the way you might direct us and the way that you would lead us into relationship. And Lord, Lord, um, We've talked about a number of the the challenges that we see um, as well in terms of kids feeling comfortable and open with each other. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would give us as leaders wisdom to know how we can guide and encourage. I pray that you would give parents wisdom to know how to uh, push and challenge and say no to certain things, whatever it is, Lord, that, uh, and to say certain things uh, that will create within them uh, an understanding of, of health, of what relationship can be, and how we do need each other in this body of Christ. So Lord, in all of these things, um, we pray for our kids. We pray for those 20-somethings. We pray for those that are past that and have maybe been in relationships or those that are still in that single state. Lord, that in whatever Situation we are, Lord, that our lives please you and honor you. Mm-hmm. May you, yeah, use some of the things that we've said, Lord, uh, coupled with your Holy Spirit to guide and direct people today from uh, from all of these things, and ultimately our hearts and obedience to you. So, thanks again for all of these things. In your name, we pray, Lord. Amen.
0: Amen. Mm-hmm. Thanks for joining us, guys. Thank you. Thank you.